Hey everybody, welcome back to Rally Caps, the podcast for entrepreneurs, creatives, and everybody in between. My name is Eric. I'm Gene. And I'm Steven. And I'm the guest today. Did I do it right? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. I swapped entrepreneur and creative. Artists. Artists, entrepreneurs, and, and cre- everybody in between. You say artists and entrepreneurs and everybody in between? Hey everyone, welcome back to Rally, Rally Caps. That's a podcast for artists, artists, entrepreneurs, and everybody, everybody in between. between. My name I'm is Steven. Steven. And I'm Italian now. And that's <laughs> <in> buongiorno. <laughs> Today's that's episode. Spicy vegetarian eat the ball. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Steven going to... Italy! Yeah, Italy. Yeah. For yeah. two weeks with 98 of my family members. Yeah, if you haven't watched the mini documentary that I made on this, that would be a great place to start. But you can also listen to this episode and we'll kind of fill in the gaps for all of you listeners. Uh, but we'll link that in the show notes in the YouTube description so you can go check that out because that will be, I think, very helpful context for what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Gene, do you want to fire away with the first question since you have yeah. so much Italian heritage? Buongiorno. <laughs> Molto bene. Pizza. <laughs> Pepperoni. Oh, my. oh my, I'm going to get roasted. Oh, man, we um, just alienated our entire Italian audience. <laughs> Let's provide context. We know why you were in Italy for yes. two weeks, nearly two weeks, with 98 of your family members. But for those of you maybe who don't know why you were there, do you yeah. want to just provide some of the backstory as to how you ended up there with your family? Totally. So the log line for the trip is that I went to Italy with 98 of my family members for a 10-day trip that my one cousin planned for everybody. The backstory actually goes back about four and a half years because my cousin, Jake, the one who surprised our family with this trip, he pitched this idea during our annual Blum, which is my mom's maiden name, our Blum family Christmas party during our Christmas party of 2018. Everyone was completely floored. Laura and I actually weren't there, funny enough. We were in California for Christmas that year. And so we just got videos of this <laughs> happening from my family. Cause they're like, Crazy. Jake just said he's bringing everyone to Italy. I was like, everyone? He's like, everyone. And at that point in time, it was supposed to be 119 people because our family is about 130, 140, somewhere in that ballpark range. But he wanted to do it for a number of reasons. The first and foremost being to bring everybody in our family while this current generation of our family from my papa, who is the oldest of 16 kids, all the way down to the great grandkid generation, while everyone is alive, healthy, able to travel, to bring everyone to Italy so that we could visit our ancestors' home, which is a village called Castagnola, a very small village in the mountainside of Italy, uh, just so we could all have that experience together to bring everybody there and that was a really special part of the trip. We'll get more into that in a second, but the other part just being spending quality time together because a huge component of having such a huge family is that you really rarely (laughs) see everybody at the same time. And those annual Christmas parties that I was talking about would be the one time a year that I would see everyone together. And there were, you know, 130 people usually there, which was hilarious, like an impossibly large kind of, uh, kind of party. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that was basic context. It got postponed, obviously, a couple of times because of COVID, because our original departure date was March of 2020. So got postponed to 2021, then 2022. And we finally went in March of 2023. And let's start on a superficial level. <clears throat> what did you bring with you? 
To document all this. Okay. So to document this entire trip, because <clears throat> I knew I had to. Like, I had been planning to since, you know, four and a half years ago when I first heard about this and have grown in a lot of the skills and even just, like, gear acquisition and stuff. So I was able to do it in a much better way uh, now than I was or would have been able to in 2020. So <laughs> one backpack for camera gear. Brought a Canon R5 with the RF 24-70 and a 1-5 to stop VND for that camera. A little Rode Video Mic Go on top of it for all ambient audio. And then a Sony uh, TX660, the little clip mics that we all have for any interviews or just like extra audio, any um, kind of like Foley type sound. That was it as far as digital equipment is concerned. I also had my like M6 with the 28 Elmerit on there. Awesome for like every day. Uh, really especially helpful to have uh, as a combo with the R5 because I was taking so much video and so focused on making a documentary out of this trip that having a little like 28, 35 mil cam was super, super helpful um, as like a little almost not point and shoot, but like it was a quick camera to use. And then I also had my Mamiya 645 AFD for medium format film. I was just about to ask you something else. I forgot what. It was. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty-eight. You got the day yes. before. I, yes. <laughs> you left. Literally. The, yes. <laughs> yeah. the, the day before. Yeah. yeah. The twenty-eight is amazing. Yeah. I I love that lens. I bought it off of Jean's recommendation. <clears throat> who got it off of Chris Chu's recommendation? Uh, it's a fantastic lens. It's probably the lens that I will keep on my M6 for very foreseeable future. I don't see why I would take it off unless I had like a fifty Sumolux on there for some reason. No so why did you choose these mediums? These camera, like uh, film and digital specifically? All the gear you just listed, why? Why did you make those choices? So R5 seemed like the best all-in-one option for video and photo. I was shooting a lot of digital AK stills. Raw. Wait, oh, dude, AK what? Raw was everything. Yeah, everything. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I was obviously kind of there as the photographer for the family, and I knew that. So I also had my Peak Design tripod with me, like a little travel carbon fiber tripod that was tucked away in my uh, carry-on suitcase. That was extremely helpful to have for all of the group family photos that we took because we had um, a couple days of free time with everybody all gathered together where we did get group photos of the entire group, which was ridiculous uh, to organize. It was like the largest wedding feeling family photo I've ever taken. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, also just getting family photos of each of the families that were there, um, which was something I just wanted to do on a personal level, just to give everybody at least one photo with, you know, their kids or with their parents, whoever it may be. Uh, it was just really special to be able to provide that for them. Uh, so that was from a stills perspective, something I really wanted to do. R5 is plenty to do that, but it's also a really capable video camera. Um, and it's also the reason why I didn't want to try to force bringing a cinema camera because weight was definitely a factor. And also just the amount of space that I had in my bag was a big factor as well. So the, you know, 4K, 10-bit, 422, HQ was awesome. And it graded beautifully, putting everything together in Premiere. Um, I think it was a, a really easy project to like color grade and stitch together. And uh, the 24 to 70 was hugely helpful for that. Like as a one lens, do all cover everything you could possibly need. It was perfect. I've never owned a 24 to 70 before. Kind of loved having it for full frame, at least like on the C70, 15 to 35 is kind of the sweet spot for us. But mm -hmm. 24 to 70 on full frame was 
perfect. Like it was everything I needed, covered every situation really perfectly. And I'm really happy I rented that lens for the trip. Um, I don't need it really on an everyday basis, but for travel especially, I get why people use it so much. Uh, and then that one to five stop VND was just perfect for um, really every day. I didn't really need like shallow depth of field a ton for stuff, but uh, it was good to just have that to rotate on the end of my lens rather than having to fiddle with settings all the time. Did you feel like you had any like challenges with the gear that you chose to bring on the trip or any limitations? I think I didn't, I didn't feel like I ran into limitations with the gear itself that much. I do think I overwhelmed myself with the amount I wanted to accomplish mm. because it's a lot of stuff to juggle in the moment, especially when you're, you know, walking, I think we walked like six or seven miles a day on average. We're going through a lot of just stuff as a family together, experiencing a lot. I want to participate as a family member, but also be there as like the documentarian for the trip, which was kind of a tough role to balance sometimes. And so thankful for my wife, Laura, and my two younger sisters, Caitlin and Emma, who were so helpful and always available at any point for me to just tap them on the shoulder and be like, hey, hold this, yeah. as I like had to rewind film or load <coughs> up a new roll yeah. or just change a battery or, or whatever it was. I just I needed so badly just some kind of like support group around me during that because it was really exhausting to do all of that at the same time. Some days I even had my, uh, my clever dual camera harness on and it was like M6 up here, AFD, and then R5. And I just felt like I was whipping between all three of those things constantly. It was worth it but it was definitely overwhelming at certain parts throughout the trip for sure. But I don't think I ran into any like limitations on gear, honestly, like the R5 from a video perspective was perfect for me. Well, obviously you're happy with the outcome, which we'll dive into more, but um, do you regret bringing that? Like, do you regret it? Do you regret, like, did it take you away from experiencing more than you wanted? Or did you really enjoy experiencing in that way? I did really enjoy experiencing it in that way. Yeah, I think I think we all can relate to. You'd have like, to if you're gonna go that, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that. the other thing is like I I think I would have regretted not doing what I did mm. if I traded it for more in the moment experiences because coming back from the trip, having the photos and the video that I made and giving that to the family is an irreplaceable gift. Yeah. And seeing their reactions was maybe the best part about all of it. Like experiencing everything, absolutely incredible. But the fact that we can all look back on it and re-experience all of those things over and over and over again, totally a sacrifice I was willing to make. Even if it meant some moments I was, you know, more stressed than other people or I, you know, I didn't feel as like carefree in the moment or whatever, or my brain is racing thousand miles an hour because I'm trying to juggle a couple different things. Yeah, I probably wasn't the most relaxed person on the trip, but it was a pretty fast-paced trip already. So I, I didn't feel like totally like left out, like, oh, everyone's having like a vacation vacation and I'm over here working kind of thing. So I think I, think I would have regretted it more if I like gave myself more time off during it. Did you have like a, as we get closer to you sharing about what you specifically wanted to document, did you have a goal in mind as you prepped all the gear, as you had a shot list curated, was there something specific that you wanted to document? Because you could have documented a bunch of different things. You could mm -hmm. have documented m multiple stories, but yeah. was there a specific story you wanted to tell? And then do you feel like 
throughout the trip and then as you made your film and everything that you were able to achieve telling that story? Yeah, I think my top priority was kind of sharing the family history in the video and giving the family some sort of time capsule for this specific moment in time for our family. I think that was kind of the guiding principle that I had as I wrote out a storyboard and a shot list for the video. Everything was really, I think, molded around this idea of preserving this moment in time for the Blum family. Because um, it is a really incredible thing that our family is this big and everyone from my papa down is alive right now. Like that's, it's pretty remarkable that everyone is here and in good health. And I think I wanted to just really preserve that feeling of like life in Italy where everything started for our family via my great, great grandparents from Castagnola. That was the feeling that I wanted to capture for it. And obviously all of the fun during the trip too, and like capture the energy and the spirit of the trip. But I think just, yeah, top of mind was really um, the family history, the lineage, the legacy, uh, and everything that it took to get our family to where we're at today. Uh, it feels like a really good way to kind of like, I don't know, just preserve this this moment for us. Um, so that, that was what guided everything. Um, when I was shooting and editing, I didn't really want to create a YouTube video out of this. I wanted to make like a like a family video. I think that's what was the guiding idea. It was like, this is gonna be a really special family video. How do I make this as high quality as possible? And how do I make it as relevant, not only for our current generation, but for generations to come? Do you feel like it helped you in a professional sense at all? Shooting everything? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Well, yeah, break it down. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, I mean, I just talked about how fast-paced and everything it was. It was probably the most, I, I think I compared it with you guys to some of the doc trips that we had last year. You got year. really sick. I got, oh, I got super sick at the very end of it. <clears throat> it, it was nice. it was the most run down I had felt after a trip ever, because we had some pretty crazy travel stories and just yeah. delays and a lot of hangups uh, getting to and from Europe, but it was the it was more intense than any trip that we had taken for the documentary last year. Uh, it like was just so challenging on so many different levels, and I think uh, emphasized my not even emphasized it challenged my ability to work well under pressure because it is a lot of pressure yeah. all the time, and there's also that extra layer of just like family dynamic also everyone is on super good terms with each other. Like mm -hmm. it's honestly amazing to me how well everyone in the family gets along, but there's also just like, ah, it's long days and you kind of get, you know, a little irritated here and there. It's just, I need to take a nap. I need to just like stop walking. I'm getting dragged along with a group and I didn't necessarily want to do this thing, but I'm just kind of rolling with it. Like there's a lot of interpersonal stuff that I think a lot of us have dealt with on wedding days before. And that's, I think was a huge benefit for me and Laura to have in particular to have like all that wedding experience because it, a lot of times felt like just dealing with, you know, extended family on a wedding day. Um, so I think it just helped me improve a lot of like grace under pressure and working under pressure and um, maximizing like the amount of, of tools that I had with me and stretching everything to like its absolute best potential. 
Um, one thing I actually especially admired and tried to use as a bit of a North Star during the trip is my cousin Jake, who we've already briefly mentioned so far. But Jake is the epitome of grace under pressure. Mm. I've never met anyone who is as cool as he is when everything else seems to just be a swirling mess. Um, the fact that he was able to organize this whole trip in and of itself is a miracle. And anytime something went wrong, because plenty of things did go wrong during the trip, he was just like, ah, I'm just kind of built for this. Yeah. I, I do it well. I have experience. Because he, he owns a construction company. He does. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I yeah. mean, he does, how he many, does big business. Yeah. Like, how many people does he manage? Do you know um, his business? I don't actually. No, I'm not really sure of what the, the, depth of his company but does. successful oh right? very successful yeah. i mean well, that's they, the reason why he can manage yeah but <laughs> he, he has so many years of experience right yeah. like he, he's done yeah. it for so long but for me to have someone who's you know 20 years older than me to watch them do it is really cool and just had a lot of kind of like mentor vibes like watching him do his thing i'm like oh well if he could get 98 people to italy and reschedule the trip three different times. And he's still super pleasant to talk to, even when things are a mess right now. Like, I think I can manage right now. Like, I, I think I can push myself a little bit further and just try to improve in that regard. Um, so having him there was just really fun on a different level, but like really, I think, uh, grounding to have like a presence like him on the trip. Yeah. I know Gene would be super interested in seeing how he got the credit card points for uh, everybody. Yeah, I can kind of I'm in sure. my head do the numbers. Yeah. Really? Like he would have to... Was it exclusively all points? From from what I understand, everything was done on credit card points. Everything. Everything. Like Jake would have had to have... Everything. Yeah. No, not everything. Everything. <laughs> on credit card points. On credit card points. Everything, everything? It's what we've been saying. Everything, it's, everything. Oh, plane? Nope. Everything, everything. I, um, our <laughs> our flights for when we're going to Europe in a couple months, it should have been ten thousand dollars worth of cash. I used all points, and I've been I've only touched like a quarter of my points. Yeah, that's how it works. Because credit card points do get stretched Whoa. a lot further yeah. when it comes to travel, yeah. and I'm <laughs> sure he. It's a lot I'm, of construction I'm, materials. Oh, I mean, they're luxury construction. They do they do houses for uh like Hollywood stars. Yeah. He, I mean, he would have had uh, have like we're talking like 20, 30 million points. Okay, but like when you're making purchases that large, yeah, it, it makes complete sense to me that you can attain those numbers. What is the conversion to shroot bucks? To shroot? Oh, <laughs> what like a, a ten thousandth of a point? I think so. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at, at best, at so best. So like yeah. two two and a half billion shroot bucks would be the equivalent to. Yeah. That's your professional opinion. Yes. Right. Yes. How about, <laughs> how about Stanley Nichols? Oh, well, hang on. So let's break it down even further then. So oh what gosh. you divide that by 20. Yeah. So we're looking about at our, um, I think, U.S. debt right now in, in, Stanley, <laughs> in Stanley Nichols. <laughs> Stanley Nichols for this Italy trip. I thought that joke was dying and you really just yeah. back. zinged it back. To there you go. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there are filmmakers and photographers who are watching and listening, and maybe some of them are working on a documentary or a short film. But yeah. as we had the privilege of working on the doc last year together, are there certain tools that you feel like you added to your toolkit mm. that you were able to really flex on this trip, whether that's as a photographer or a filmmaker? Definitely. Great question. I mean, I think even like literally tools, I think just having good forms of audio and backup to yeah. audio is 
so important in every filmmaking situation. But I think especially on the doc, we learned that to a very <laughs> intimate level. Like we, we got really good at yeah. having the backups on backups on backups of audio and of data too. Mm -hmm. um, that was a really big thing was just having good methods of How many backups up. of data did you have and how'd you do data then? I only had two forms. Uh, two copies of data on the trip. I kept everything on all of the SD and CF Express cards as well as I was shooting. So you never formatted cards? No. Whoa, you no. had enough. I had 1.2 terabytes of cards with me. Nice. Yeah, Whoa. which was yeah. great. And I filled those up almost exactly by the end of the trip. So Jeez. I brought <laughs> nearly exactly That's the amount crazy. that I needed. All on R5. Like, all on R5. Between it was mostly footage, but it was also about photos. four thousand photos. I think I took. Oh, on the trip. You and you just dumped everything yeah. onto your laptop. No, so I brought an iPad with me. Oh, and I used that for data management because I did not. My backpack was Wasn't already. That isn't that slow? It is. It's very slow Ugh. and also not as reliable. Why did you as choose I that? Yeah, I didn't want to bring a five-pound laptop weight. with me. Oh, because yeah. I was a laptop. Yeah, because I was bringing stuff. I was carrying everything on my back every day. Did it kill you not to like look at the footage in Premiere? A little bit, yeah. but it was all, honestly though. Is it? Do they, you really need to sacrifice that? Like the five laptop? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Really? We were walking so. And also uh, the other thing too. Not only the weight, but when you put a laptop in the back panel of a backpack, it becomes so, so much less comfortable. Yeah. And I did not want to deal with that. And the amount that I was going in and out of my bag too, with that little laptop, just like having to lift that up and like worry about it staying in the entire time, and just people seeing all the stuff in my bag as I'm popping up on a street corner and just like, hey, everyone, here's $20,000 worth of stuff that I'm just slinging yeah. around with me. Like, yeah. I just wanted to minimize as much of that as possible because that laptop is like the center of my business and life. I didn't even want to risk yeah. that. And the iPad Smart. did a good enough job to just get everything done. So I had like a little uh, USB-C dongle just to add CF Express and SD and just back that up directly to uh, an SSD that I have with me or two SSDs that I have with me. You got that MacBook Max? Yeah. Air so, spread. Max Air Jordan, baby. Oh. You, you, <laughs> love, love that thing. <laughs> you maxed that one out. Yeah. It's, it, you, got the, you, dude, got the, you got the bad boy. Yeah. There's, I, got, I got the one that you got. You convinced me. You convinced me to go four terabytes. <laughs> yeah, and I would have been the idiot carrying that thing around Italy. <laughs> I was like, there's no way yeah. I am carrying this with me. Really, It was really a comfort thing, too. Like that, I don't think about that stuff, and then I'm miserable. Yeah, feeling a like a a brick just pressed up against your back every day sucks. Yeah. Like we there was no way you could so just much. like leave it in a, a suitcase and then I could have in the hotel, but I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't really want to even, even that would have driven me nuts it. to have to back up to an iPad. Oh, it, it did drive me nuts. It was it was super annoying. <laughs> yeah, like every night. You had to like before bed, just, yeah, and then it like would barely be done by the morning. Yeah, it was super frustrating. Well, <laughs> it was not a fun way to back things up, but I am happy that I didn't have to even worry about my laptop while abroad. Yeah, I, 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 that that was a worthwhile trade off to me, honestly. It was not a fun way to back up. Data. No, I would not recommend it to anyone else. Yeah, Narbox. Oh, dude, I don't trust those either. <laughs> nar nar. You know what I was really considering? Buying a MacBook Air and then returning it right after the trip. That's a smart idea. Because we would have been gone for twelve days. Yeah. Mac, 14 MacBook, day. MacBook Max Air. What? What? <laughs> what? Are you, what? Um, <laughs> that doesn't exist? Um, I don't think you can actually get a Max chip in the Airs. I think you have to just get an M1. The newest standard. versions though, right? The newest MacBook Airs? Can you? Nike MacBook Max Air. 
This dude is making some sick jokes over here. Eric is our local. He is our he is our spec tech hey, expert. Hey, so it makes sense. Hey, you criticize me for being low energy on the Q and A episode. Fair enough. I'm bringing energy this time. Hey, all right. Fair enough. Here we go. Uh, yeah. So that was data and backups. But okay. Wait. Back. What was the question about riveting? Di- yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> fascinating stuff. Two hundred and fifty six gigs. People. Um, yeah. People will enjoy that. People will know. I think. Um, you asked about. Uh, skills just and tools like learned from last the year's work. Yeah. Yeah. I think just the general principle of trying to roll on as much stuff mm. as possible. Yeah. I think getting a lot of diverse shots and just trying to get as much context as possible as we were going was really helpful. Like little pickup shots where it's like, Oh, we're all on the bus together. Let's get some silhouettes of people as they're looking out as we're passing through or little shots as like, it's just slung around my body and we're in the middle of travel from place to place. Just roll on that too, because that conveys that feeling of like very hurried travel. Um, the little 45 second, uh, human flute section that I have as we're getting from O'Hare over to Milan in the documentary, uh, that section was hugely filmed really just by me, like trying to be as conscious about filming as much as possible the entire time. Um, I think I channel a lot of like doc energy and also a little bit of like Casey Neistat energy. Just like, let's just get as much as you possibly can uh, because I knew exactly what I wanted to make. So if at minimum I was getting that, I was good. It was like frantic energy. Yeah, it really was, honestly. Just like keep shooting, keep shooting, keep shooting, um, and then just have more than you could need later to work with. Seems to be the name of the game in... Kind of documentary style yeah, stuff. Just yeah, yeah. Like you you want to have stuff to play with in the edit. Totally. You don't want to be twiddling your thumbs thinking like, no. we have to reshoot things. Right. Or I have to like yeah. fill in the gaps somehow. <clears throat> right. Like it, it, some people might think it's like lazy to just keep rolling, but it's like this trip is only going to happen once yeah. also. So like I'm, I'm going to overshoot before I undershoot. There's also yeah. a difference between overshooting when you're, you have a year of experience versus That's true. eight <laughs> years of experience. That is true. Like yeah. you could have hot garbage you know, full of, you know, a hard drive full of hot garbage Yeah. versus like, you know, 80% usable stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I could have used every clip from yeah. that trip, but I just you didn't can even need tur- to. You can even turn bad footage into good yeah, stuff. Totally. If you just make it, uh, fly through it fast enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Story. <laughs> no, it's perfect. So, uh, well, yeah. there's, I mean, yeah. like it, it does feel like there is that, um, leniency and flexibility in doc work. Yeah. But I mean, you clearly are very, very particular in how things look and sound and checking all that stuff. So there was really kind of none of that, even in the frantic stuff in the yeah. film. That even the frantic stuff was kind of intentional. Right. Like it was meant to be yeah. frantic and that was fun. Plus Which answers I, the question. Yeah. I also, yeah. I also rested on the storyboard and shot list that I had going into the trip too, which was me shooting around a narration that I knew I was going to film back here to glue everything together mm-hmm. because there was no way that I could have done that coherently as we were experiencing everything for the first time in Italy. Um, I just wanted to be in the moment as much as I could experience everything and then come back and just do that narration to, to kind of stick everything together. Plus there's just like family history stuff that I didn't even know in the midst of the trip that I literally couldn't have done like, you know, in the moment talking heads for while I was there, I just needed to kind of piece all of that information together double check, triple check with different family members and then make sure it was really polished because that was one thing I didn't want to get wrong, right? It was like, oh, you, you misspelled your great-grandmother's <laughs> name. No big deal. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, you know, kind of kind of bad filmmaker. Uh, so I wanted to make sure all that was really, really polished and just fact-checked over and over again. Uh, why are your... Uh, or, <clears throat> excuse me. 
Jake's your cousin. Jake is my mom's cousin. Mom's cousin. Uh, why are they, him and his brother, uh, going back to Italy in August, you said? <laughs> the, yeah. The, so, yeah. So, so Jake and Micah, uh, Micah's is Jake's brother. Jake, Jake is Micah's brother. <laughs> um, they are going back to Italy in August to receive an award from the Italy Board of Tourism for organizing this trip. I'll be honest, even as I say it out loud again, I'm totally not sure if it's real, but he did tell us multiple times on the trip that that's what's happening. So I think they're getting an award for putting this trip together from like Italy, like the country of Italy. The country of Italy. The country of Italy, <laughs> um, which is nuts. Yeah. I didn't even know that existed. I didn't know that could happen. Yeah, I wish, I mean, if it weren't for White Lotus, from what we hear, <laughs> being the exact same thing, yeah, man. Hey, there, we had the idea would, first, okay? There would be hopes true. of it. Yeah. Hey, four years ago, true. Dude, we had the idea first. I, I'm pretty sure guys. they it's heard true. about us. It's true. They're like, hey, we got a great idea for a show. I'm like, it's that's true. my life, actually. Yep. So HBO, you can um, email me at the link in this episode. You can <laughs> talk to me about royalties. I got you. I got your number. That's all right. Yeah. Well, well yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, I mean, you said, I mean... You said that you wanted this to be like kind of a turning point moment in your mm. career. Yeah. Uh, feeling a few weeks removed from that. How do you feel about that? Like, um, do you feel like it's going to help you with uh, editing with our documentary mm. now? Like, what are all your feelings? Yeah. I, I do and I did still feel like it was a, a turning point for me. You know, I'd, I'd never created uh, any kind of piece of work that was that long form before. It was it was exhausting to turn it around as quickly as I did. Very worthwhile because I feel like I was able to kind of capitalize on the residual energy that everyone in the family still had from the trip. So that was good. I felt like I was able to get, you know, photos out quickly and, and just share and keep the the energy from it alive, which meant a lot to me. But even going forward, I think it has reframed my ability to actually edit in long form. And the entire time as I worked through it, I was like, oh, well, this is actually really good practice for yeah. the doc because, yep. you know, this is a 23-minute video. Okay, well, multiply that by three, four, five, and that's what we'll be sitting at as far as a runtime is concerned for the doc. So uh, any any kind of long form editing practice, telling a story that is captivating the entire time, knowing how to kind of ebb and flow out of excitement and energy to seriousness, and even just like little things like adding subtitles to videos to mm -hmm. kind of help emphasize certain points and referencing archival material and referencing uh, news footage because there was <laughs> news articles and videos made about our trip in Italy from local Italian publications out there, being able to pull from that and kind of create this cohesive, you know, 23 minute long story, I think is, is a really great skill to learn on a more like technical side of things. Like being able to put that together is, is really valuable. Um, so I'm especially excited to take everything I learned in that process into the editing of the documentary. I think that'll be really, really helpful. Uh, and I'm still optimistic about kind of pushing this film out to more news outlets and publications and trying to get a little more traction for it here because it's just a crazy story. It's, it's unreal that it happened. And I feel like I've become a little desensitized to it because I've just poured over it so much lately, but it's, it's insane that like a family 
of this size did something to this scale. Like that's unheard of. At least I've, I've never heard of anything like that happening. So being able to just share our family's legacy with as many people as possible is, is hugely important to me. So still trying to kind of uh, fan the flames around the excitement around it. Plus like you, I mean, not only was the trip itself, I think an incredible story, but for all of your family members, you created a piece that I'm not sure a lot of people have done in the past for their families, especially yeah. a family that large. Yeah. I think that it will mean something significant 30, 40, 50 years from now for your family to mm -hmm. be able to recall and reference all the things that you made around mm -hmm. this trip. I think that's pretty special. When we talk yeah. about like what we do for a living, what drives us as people who document our personal lives, mm -hmm. this will be 100%, I think, of a statement piece for your career as you look back on it. Totally. Really awesome. I'm, I'm currently writing a piece about this trip for moment right now. And one of the reference points I'm making in that is our buddy Matt days saying, document your life. Mm -hmm. Like it really, like when yeah. it all, all boils down to is, is doing that. Um, it's really easy for our, our trade, our craft to be just a client facing thing, to be super fast paced, to be churn and burn, get one project in, get another out keep moving, keep moving to the degree where a camera starts to feel like work yeah. always. Like anytime you touch a camera or think about a camera, it's work. And being able to detach from that and put your family first, put your personal life first and document the things that are most important to you with those same tools is so valuable. And I'm, I think that was actually probably another big thing that I was able to gain from this trip is separating those two a yeah. little bit more like detaching the inherent work feeling from the camera and being able to kind of make that divide in my head a little bit more um because it is it's the most important thing yeah. right like when i sent the video out to our little family email chain the first response was like we have to put this on a screen for the next family christmas party <laughs> like we have to watch this together and that one response alone was like day made like that's so because my family just doesn't experience anything like this like they don't receive things like this like they aren't photographers and filmmakers themselves they have never gotten to like participate in something like that that's about themselves yeah and to see that response was like confirmation of man this was so worth it to do it to this degree to go this hard with it to put this much time and effort into it is so cool and i guarantee we actually will watch it all together and that would be like the coolest experience to sit with everyone in a room and watch that together. It'll be even more wild, like when you have like grown kids and yeah. they have kids. Yeah, that's like yeah. I think if you look back at your YouTube catalog, it'll be fun to watch everything. But that one in particular is just gonna be far and away, obviously, the most exciting thing. Yeah, I think of like films that my grandfather showed me, yeah. like pull out the film reel and everything. Yeah, and like, it's absurd. It's gonna be that yeah mm. it's a legacy piece yeah. it's um and it's it, the first time i've done something like that to it, that degree it'll hopefully be a lot e more accessible and easy to show mm -hmm. you know totally yeah 40 years from now yeah i still kind of want to get it on like <clears throat> drives or something and yeah yeah burn a floppy disk with it or something <laughs> <laughs> get put it out it, to put it on vhs <laughs> just get it out to people so they have some kind of physical copy of it too so they don't have to rely on just you know streaming it on yeah. youtube or whatever but yeah that's uh that was like the biggest piece of that trip. And then there's still a whole photo book that my dad and I are working on. It's really cool. As well, yeah. which was really fun. That was, uh, 
like a whole nother component I had just sitting in the back of my head as we were making everything like, all right, shoot for print also like, okay, yeah. oh, that's a lot. But no, it was, it was just an unbelievable experience. Still hard to fully put into words, which is why we're doing this now. So I can have a little bit of just debrief on it, which is super helpful. Um, and why I made the film in the first place to just kind of like capture the essence of the entire trip. And it was, it was wild, man. It was such a good trip. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Thanks for interviewing me. It feels cool to be the, be the guest for the episode. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Is it my responsibility to wrap it as well since I started it? Yeah, actually do it. Go oh, ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening. And if you're watching on YouTube, please like the video that helps it push it out to more people. Uh, subscribe to whatever channel you're listening on, whether that's YouTube or Apple Podcasts or following us on Spotify, Google, or any of the other ones. Okay. Yeah. Well, we love you, and thank you for listening. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> Bongiorno. How oh. do you say? Ciao. 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 Bella. Ciao. Ciao. Pepperoni. Gelato. You said pepperoni again. Pepperoni. Vino. Vino. <laughs>